Hello, and welcome to a new Lancet Global Health podcast. My name is Anne Roca, and today we will be discussing a very interesting uh, article in the August 2018 issue um, that brings together several topics at the core of our remit, and topics that are also of particular importance in the region of the Americas. They are inequalities, maternal and child health, and the health of disadvantaged populations. And they are at the heart of an article entitled Ethnic Group Inequalities with Reproductive, Maternal, and Child Health Interventions, Cross-Sectional Analysis of National Surveys in 16 Latin American and Caribbean Countries. And this article is the result of a collaborative effort sponsored by the Countdown to 2030 Initiative. And to discuss it, we are joined by Professor Aluicio Barros, who is a statistician, epidemiologist, and health inequity specialist at the Federal University of Pelotas. Dr. Barros, thank you for being with us today. One of the difficulties in exploring how ethnicity impacts health outcomes and access to health services is the lack of data. Ethnicity is a complex and fluid construct that does not necessarily fit neatly with um, existing epidemiological data gathering tools. So could you give us an overview of how you approached the data gathering process, what specific outcomes you chose, and the main points of your method? Well, uh, we analyzed standardized nationally representative surveys carried out in the region that provided information on self-reported ethnicity or a proxy indicator. That is, people either stated their ethnic group or reported on the language spoken at home or on their own skin color. Given the wide variety of indigenous nations in the countries and that this is a multi-country analysis, we used three broad categories for ethnicity. So for each country, we classified the individuals as indigenous, people of African descent, or as a group with no clear ethnic ancestry that was used as the reference group. This mostly comprised people of European descent and those of mixed ancestry, we chose this as the reference group because these populations are typically privileged in terms of socioeconomic and health indicators owing to their national histories of colonialism and immigration. This classification exercise was discussed and finalized in a workshop we organized in Pelotas, where we gathered 30 specialists from 18 countries in the region who brought together their expertise and experience in the topic. Uh, this workshop and the ethnic inequality study are part of the activities of the Countdown to 2015 Regional Initiative for Latin America and the Caribbean. And one of the main objectives of this workshop was to start a network of studies on ethnic inequalities in maternal and child health in the region. Regarding outcomes, the service we used to record extensive information on health interventions. We included all surveys carried out from 2000 to 2017, carried out under the DHS Mix and RHS initiatives. These surveys use similar questionnaires, and their results are frequently pulled for global and regional analysis. In the end, 16 countries are represented in our analysis. On the basis of data availability and the need to include interventions along the continuum of care for reproductive, maternal, neonatal, and child health, we selected four outcomes for this study. Use of modern contraceptives, mothers having four or more antenatal care visits, mothers having a skilled attendant at birth, and children having received 
three doses of DPT vaccine. In the analysis, we used an adjusted models to assess how much variation in coverage there was between ethnic groups and adjusted models to investigate whether any coverage gaps could be explained by wealth, by education of the woman, or urban rural residents. One of the big challenges in this work was ascertaining ethnicity using self-reported answers in a questionnaire and making it comparable across countries. Data on ethnicity was not available for several countries, and in some cases, groups ended up being too small. For example, the reference group varied from country to country and included either women who did not declare themselves as indigenous or of African descent, those who reported speaking Spanish at home, and those who considered themselves as being white. Because miscegenation is widespread in the region, the reference category for the analysis included many women and children with mixed European, indigenous, and African ancestries. Our reference group, therefore, includes individuals with a wide range of socioeconomic and cultural characteristics. Because of this, our results probably underestimate the real gaps between the different ethnic groups. We hope that our study will make the designers of future surveys more aware about the importance of collecting detailed information on ethnicity and oversampling groups that are small or remote. Yes, indeed. And you mentioned in the article that as the world reaches towards the sustainable development goals, there's a need for more disaggregated quality data. And research such as yours highlights that need and is a call for action in that regard. But for now, based on um, all the available data, your results expand those of previous research in the region. So could you summarize them for us and also highlight what you think are the most salient? Overall, our analysis of these 16 countries show that in most of them, indigenous women and children were markedly poorer than the reference group. Differences between people of African descent and the reference group in terms of wealth and education were less marked, except in Brazil, Colombia, Suriname, and Uruguay. And the majority of people of African descent lived in urban areas, except in Guyana. Our analysis on intervention coverage showed that ethnic gaps in coverage varied substantially from country to country. In most of them, use of modern contraception, having four more antenatal care visits, and skilled attendant at birth was lower among indigenous women compared with the reference group. Antenatal care was less inequitable than either contraceptive use or skilled attendant at birth, and by contrast, DPT-3 vaccination coverage was quite actable in most countries. This scenario may be explained by the different delivery strategies used for interventions. Vaccines are often delivered at community level, either at a primary health care unit or through campaigns, which make them more equitably distributed than interventions that require access to more complex health facilities, which might incur in additional costs like fees or transportation. And it is worth noting that in four countries, Brazil, Honduras, Mexico, and Suriname, the gaps between indigenous populations and the reference category were small. These countries have adopted health initiatives aimed at the inclusion of minorities in the last decades. 
Differences in coverage between people of African descent and the reference group were not as marked or consistent as those for indigenous women and children. One important difference between these two groups is that people of African descent are more likely to live in urban settings than indigenous populations in most of the countries. Usually, individuals living in urban areas have easier access to health services and information. These results paint a contrasting picture of the situation in different countries and between ethnic groups, and they also hint at the positive impact of inclusive policies in the region of the Americas. So overall, what do you see as important potential implications of your results, both in terms of future research and for policy? Our adjusted analysis showed that, in most cases, the lower coverage among indigenous women was somewhat attenuated when poverty, fewer years of formal education, and rural residents were accounted for. However, important inequalities persisted, suggesting that other mediating factors are present, or discrimination or institutional and cultural barriers might play a part. Therefore, systematic collection of standardized survey data over time is essential to assess, for instance, the impact of intercultural health programs recently introduced in several countries in the region. Our analysis also revealed several shortcomings in how ethnicity is measured in existing surveys. Better measurement is needed to monitor trends and inequalities, assess the impact of inclusive policies that are being pursued by several of these countries, and help to design effective policies and programs. In addition, we need to consider that the four interventions under study here are not new. They have been available for decades in the region, which has resulted in high coverage in the reference groups in most of the countries. Therefore, a substantial amount of time has elapsed to allow these interventions to trickle down to excluded groups after high coverage was achieved among the wealthier populations. This might not be the case for interventions that have been implemented more recently, such as mammography or cervical cancer screening, for which ethnic gaps might be wider than for the four interventions studied here. Equity gaps in coverage of these more recent interventions should be object of future studies. So a lot remains to be elucidated, but your research certainly brings focus to the persisting inequalities among ethnic groups in the Americas on um, cru crucial issues such as uh, maternal and child health. Dr. Barros, it has been a pleasure talking with you today.